But that doesn't mean it was good because again, <laughs> because again, creative does not equal good. And I think that's the visceral reaction that a couple of people that I've talked to about this have had is the idea that, well, actors aren't good or, but that's not what I'm saying. Creative isn't the same thing as good. Being original isn't the same thing as good. No, I agree. <clears throat> so... The voices you just heard belong to actor Brandon Green and actress Kate Williams. Hi, I'm Brandon Green. Um, I know Liz through theater. We've done several shows together and a couple of uh, radio plays um, that have been released and or are currently being edited. Oh, I'm Kate Williams, and uh, I met... Brandon and Liz at the same time when we did Peter and the Starcatcher together. Uh, longtime fan, though, of both of them. So <laughs> first time caller, longtime fan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I'm really excited to be here today. And um, I just love talking about theater. And I'm excited. This will be fun. Who joined me to hash out a conversation exploring to what extent acting is or isn't creative. I'm your host, Liz Christensen, and it's all in the telling. Normally after the intro music, I chit-chat a bit, but honestly, this conversation is so good, we're diving right in. This came out of a conversation that Kate and I were having about the possibility of directing. And I mentioned that I had directed a couple of times, directed or co-directed, assistant directed. Um, I, I mostly have done acting uh, for a number of years, but I have a some limited experience directing. And I mentioned that... I felt that directing was more creative than acting and that while I still prefer acting because there's a thrill that comes from acting that I don't get from directing or being on a production staff, it feels more creative to me. And then I happened to mention <laughs> that, that I didn't particularly feel that acting was intrinsically creative and Kate had a visceral reaction to that. Oh, ooh, visceral. <laughs> I just said, explain yourself, Brandon. I believe it is creative. Yeah. Um, and so we got on the subject. We talked about this for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then Liz said, why don't we do this on air? Why don't we talk mm -hmm. about acting as a creative process on air? Or if it is a creative right. process. And she said that she hadn't really felt interested in discussing acting, maybe because it's her main field um, on her podcast. She hadn't really felt the need, but that this was something that she felt was interesting and, and worth having us on to discuss. So, Well, if I remember from my junior high debate days, which to be fair was a long time ago, um, I was thinking about this. I was like, I'm pretty sure that in a debate, the affirmative goes first because they are at a disadvantage because they're trying to like Resolve something, right? Like, resolve. So are you saying that I'm the affirmative? No, I'm the affirmative. Okay. okay. But then I was like, no, I think Brandon's at the disadvantage here. This is a hot take, Brandon. So <laughs> I okay. think you should explain yourself. I as do to agree why... that it's a hot take. However, I think that I'm at an advantage because you have to prove the existence of something because my argument is the non-existence of something, which is impossible to prove. So my argument is that... Of the many parts of theater, acting is one of the least creative. And I, I, we should probably limit it to theater, um, probably just for the sake of simplicity. Um, but here's my, here's my general – well, let me start with a disclaimer 
because I understand that this can feel to some people, and Kate and I talk about this, this can feel like an attack on people's sense of self. Um, a lot of the people that I know think of themselves very strongly as artists. As a creative, Or as creatives. Um, th that's become a title that is often self-applied. And I think the reason that it's self-applied is not so much because people are full of themselves, but because they want to think of themselves that way. Um, they want to be seen that way because it, it it's part of their sense of self. It's a, it's a pillar of who they th see themselves to be. So when I say that I don't think that acting is particularly creative, that doesn't mean that I think that acting is worthless. It doesn't mean that I think it doesn't take skill. It doesn't mean that I think that it's easy or or any of those things. It simply means that if we limit it to that one aspect of art, I think that compared to many other kinds of art and compared to many other hats um, among a theater production, it it is among the least creative. Okay, why? Okay, the reason why is that I th I see acting to be interpretive more than creative. So one of the things that Kate and I talked about before this was we were going to talk about what the definition of, of creative is. Um, that we were going to come and bring our own definitions, whether written down or in our heads. Um, and once I looked at what Google says the definition is, I didn't really feel like I needed to make up my own. <laughs> well. So... <laughs> The definition of creation is the action or process of bringing something into existence. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Already I take issue. Okay. What, defi what definition did you just read? I, I did creation. Okay. Are you going to get to creative? I'm going to get into creative. Okay. Okay. So because being creative is creating and creating is to bring something into existence. So if we feel like we're on the same page with that. I feel like there's a couple things we need to kind of be at least on a semi same footing. Okay. So create, creating, bringing something into existence. Yes. That's what it says. Okay. Yes. All right. Creative is relating to or involving the imagination or original ideas, especially in the production of an artistic work. So the one that I want to, the part of that I want to highlight is original ideas. Mm -hmm. So when we are talking about whether or not actors are creative or whether they create something, then it's, I think it's a question of, well, what do actors create? Mm -hmm. And of the many things that are created in putting on a production, I believe the actors don't do a lot of creating. They do a lot of interpreting of things that were created by others. That is the crux of my belief. Okay, so here's... Here's where I would disagree to start. They are creating. They're creating a character within a structure. Creativity is bound by structure all the time. Twitter only gives you what? 200 and I don't remember how many characters. <laughs> and you have to be creative in that structure. This happened like that is all the time. And so with acting, you're creative within a structure of a script of a direction, of a, I, I don't know what other structures you want to put on it, but there are structures, certainly, right? The, mm -hmm. the words are written and you have mm -hmm. to say the words. Um, but that's, th that's just a structure for right. you to create. So one of the things that I also wanted to make sure 
as part of what I think is clear is that I don't believe that creativity is binary. I don't think that it's yes or no. I think that you can you can say that two things are creative and one can be much more creative than another. So when I say that it's not particularly creative, that is an important distinction to me because I believe that it's on a spectrum. It's not completely non-creative, but compared to, for example, the author who wrote the work or the structure that you mentioned. And, and I think that I think that the idea that you're creating a character is probably the very first argument that would spring to anyone's mind Sure. in response to what I'm saying. Yeah. My counter to that is that you're not creating a character. That character was created before you even read the script. And your ability to massage who that character is is a very small percentage compared to the person who wrote the character. If I were to say to you, okay, here's a script that's been done a thousand times before. You're playing a character called Fontaine. Play it. There's a little bit of wiggle room where you can quote unquote create the character or breathe life into the character, which I think is just a fancy way of saying reading their lines. <laughs> I... <laughs> no! <laughs> I sound super cynical about acting. Um, yeah, that was that's a hot take. But hot take. if you, but if that had never been written, and I came to you and I said, write a character named Fontaine during the Revolution, during the French Revolution. That was the right period, right? Period. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're there. You're there. <laughs> I might be mixing my musicals up. <laughs> I guarantee that the character that you write is going to be nothing at all like the character that was written in Les Mis. Because there's a tremendous amount of flexibility and creation that goes into writing a character. There is a very small amount relative to that. There's a very small amount of wiggle room when it comes to interpreting a character. You're given their lines. You're given their notes. You're given direction from your director. You're hopefully given blocking. Good directors will give you blocking. Um <laughs> That wasn't to Liz. That looked like I was saying that to Liz. <laughs> but I think, oh, no. we've, I think we've all had directors that are just like, I, I might be drunk. Just do what you're going to do. Use the space. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's what I think. Um, there are jobs where your potential for creation are very large. The people who write it, tremendous. Mm -hmm. People who costume it even have a lot more leeway, I think. But again, they work within a structure. But but when you're an actor, especially if it's something that you're not originating, a lot of the time, all you're really choosing is, okay, am I going to sob here or here? Oh, no! <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I gave you some space here. I'm going to jump in. Um, here's a couple things I want to think, like, make clear in my mind. I agree. I can, I will concede that creativity... You can be a, li a little creative. Mm -hmm. You can be a lot of creative. Here's what, I, here's what I will not concede. I will not concede that little projects cannot be greatly creative, right? I will not concede that, like, you cannot look at something so simple and be like, whoa, like, that is so, like, my potential for, potential for creativity, whatever sliding scale we're using for creativity is not bound by the simpleness of the task. 
I don't agree with that. And that's and that we can relate that to other things, but I think it applies here as well. Secondly, I have seen so many different versions of different shows, of different characters, of different acting things that I was like, that is nothing like what I saw before, or that is completely unique. Now, Les Mis is probably a bad example. <laughs> oh, thank you. Can <laughs> I ask you a question, though? Because sure, when, you're, when you're saying something like completely different, yeah. did Fantine die in a different place? Was she not a prostitute in some of those productions? No, but like... Because those about... are the things that you don't get to create as an actor. Those are character traits that you are bound by. Yes, that's, again, 280 characters. I don't know how many. Two, <laughs> I get 280 characters to say what I got to say. Right. I get, and, and, and that's small, but I can be wildly But creative. what if I wrote 270 of those characters? I, no, I disagree. You gave, you gave me the words. You gave me the words. Right. I gave you. So if if the entire tweet is sure. the creation of the play, 270 of those characters have already been written by someone else. But and then, as an actor, you get 10 characters. But here's what I don't agree with. A character is not just the words they say. In fact, I would argue that that is a part but if we're arguing percentages, I do not think it's 98% of the character. It's not. Because, for example, I, I just did Rainmaker at mm -hmm. Centerpoint. It's a dated script. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's we had, we were, we we picked we picked a script that had some very dated themes, mm -hmm. is spe specifically concerning women. And um I we picked up that script and I was so excited. Because I wanted to take a character that is traditionally seen this way because that's how it's written and play it this way. And you can't see me because this is a podcast, but I'm pointing in two different <laughs> directions. <laughs> right? I wanted to create something different from the words. Um, another great example. But what, what, what the, is different? The, the character was different. In what way? The character... Did the background? Did the... Did the decisions the character make change? Do you have any of the flexibility to to decide where the character goes in the story or ends up in the story? Well, yeah. The, so I'll give you a perfect example of this. So traditionally, it is kind of assumed. Now it's again, it's not really written in the script, like explicitly, but it's kind of assumed that Lizzie ends up with a guy, right? She ends up. With this guy that comes to her house. The deputy guy. Yeah, what's his name? Why can't I remember his name? Oh, your co-star is going to be like super thrilled by I, this. Well, <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. It's like that is how it's always played, mm -hmm. right? Typically. And I was like, I, I, I went to the director. I said, I can't do it. And I've never done this before because I'm always scared to say things to director directly. And mm -hmm. I said, she can't. I was like, she can't end up with a guy. She's Lizzie's got to choose herself. In that moment, it's about I'm okay with myself. I um, oh file. Thank you. You didn't come up yeah. with that. It came was, to me. I was miming you. it. No, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> file. She doesn't need file to complete her. She doesn't need to mm -hmm. end up with a man to prove that she is who she is. Mm -hmm. She can just be her, and. So you created subtext. 
I created a character that (laughs) comes to her own without (laughs) the approval of a man. That's not in the script. But would you agree that that's subtext? Because you didn't say anything. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying so much of a character is, I don't think it's 98% the words they say. I think it's body language. I think it's inflection. I think it's um, emotion that you bring to a character. I think it's um, anger versus sadness. I think it's... um, Choosing embarrassment over, you know, there it's so the words that we say. In fact, I have a big discussion. This is another this is another podcast, Liz. Write this down. (laughs) Hot take. Um, I often wonder if people should be held accountable for the messages that they send that are not the words they say. Right. Because I get really. No, just in life. I get really frustrated when people move through life and then when you like try to pin them down for something that they're communicating to you and they said well that's not what i'm saying like yeah. i said i just said this and it's like well <laughs> you're right the words you said were this right but you said it like this at this point like there's so many other things to that i that agree into a character. i agree there is a there is a a number of things that are subtext that are body language but i think that those things pale in comparison to the things that are written to the things that are directed, to the story that you're a part of that you had nothing to do with creating. One of the things that I think, and I've seen, I hope that anyone who is here or maybe listens to this has enough respect for me that they don't think that I'm just talking out of turn. But um, I often think that some individuals acting is harmed or is hurt by their desire to be creative. Because if we're talking about just being original, you can be original and get in the way of a story. Absolutely. Because I think that an actor's job, most of the time, even creating a character is in service of the story. You are supposed to get out of your own way. You create an accent or mannerisms so that they fit within the story, so that they don't draw attention so that your character fits in the story. Sure. And you are there only in the service of the story. It's not about how much of a chameleon can I be. And I think that that sometimes, that desire to be a chameleon, that desire to pull off a a Jack Sparrow, gets in the way of telling a story. And sometimes it's really... Wait, 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 wait. The desire to be novel gets in the way of telling the story? Sure. Yeah. But I don't think novel is... Well, the definition of creativity having an element of originality is where I'm uh, talking about that. The the people are like, I want to be as creative as I can be in developing this character. I want my acting to be as creative as possible. He's going to have a limp. You know, so that's <laughs> just what popped into my head. It's so creative. <laughs> but, I'm so creative. But like you can put peanut butter on a tuna fish sandwich and that's creative, but that doesn't mean it's good. I don't know. I guess. Okay. Well, then this leads me to a question that I want to pose then. What is the difference between terrible acting, mediocre acting, and great acting? I think that sincerity is maybe the number one. Sincerity taking you from where on my scale? Just anywhere. I think that sincerity is also something that isn't binary. You you can be a little more sincere or a lot more sincere. There are moments within different plays, in particular moments in a play where I felt completely part of it, absolutely sincere, 
and I felt like this is exactly how this person would act in this moment, that I felt like I was clued into that. Th this is, without artifice, what they would do. Sure. Because you created the character! <laughs> <laughs> you are no, like... I want, no, I want to jump on that because I, my question is, sincere to what? The text or the subtext? Or does it have to be that the text and the subtext are one and the same? Because it's that... I think if you go out of your way to create subtext, you're not being true to what's written. If there is subtext that feels true to you, then yes, that's a moment where there is actual creation. And again, where I say, I'm not saying that there's no creation at all. I know. I'm I just know. saying that compared to, like um, Liz mentioned, oh, I can't remember if it was when we were recording. Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, that we, we were uh, part of a Great Gatsby recording that she did. Um, and if we were to rank the level of creativity in that, I would say that I had the least. Because I was doing Gatsby, who has the most lines, who has the most of his history laid out for you, who has the most of his emotions spelled out for you. And I think that you, as a more minor character, and Trump I have a... woman number two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come with that, Joe, ladies but and I gentlemen. <laughs> but I genuinely believe that a part like that gave you more opportunity to be creative than I was given. Because you were given some lines and I came in as you had finished recording and Liz and Anthony Buck were laughing their heads off over how funny you were and how you had freedom to be more creative. So I do think that even within a particular um, script, I think the more you're pinned down by direction, well, pinned down is a bad word, but the, the more that you are explicitly given direction, given backstory given text, the less opportunity there actually is to be creative. But way above both of us was Anthony. He's the one who uh, adapted it. Yeah. So way above either of us in level of creativity was Anthony, but way, 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 way beyond him is F. Scott Fitzgerald, who actually wrote it. I just disagree that the size of the project or the lack of structure of the project will then bind how how creative you can be. Do you think that it's possible to be more creative when you're given less structure? Of course. That's, but I think that's, it's a, that's what I, I think mean. It's just as possible to be wildly creative given m more structure. And I think I feel like you just said the opposite thing <laughs> when no, I heard I'm another. Saying, I'm saying can you be wildly creative with little to no structure? Yes. Can you be wildly creative with a lot of structure, yes. But I would also say that I think I disagree that you're given a structure, uh, like as much structure as you are saying, as you are saying we're given with with text, with direction. So then that leads me to this question. What about your acting process? Like when you go through the process, so like when you get a role, you get a script, you get a... A, a, a vision for a show what about so is your process trying to so I mean you've used the word interpret imitate skill what about that what about your process does not feel creative the first thing that pops into my head is okay well I'm going to create an accent maybe hopefully what you're doing unless it's an accent that you're making up is you're trying to to ape or imitate okay. an actual accent that actually exists. Sure. 
dialects. Right. Even if you're doing a stage dialect that doesn't really exist in real life, you know, which most of the ones that we do are, that isn't creative to me. It's it, That's more what? Skill-based? It's more practice. Just like if I were to practice the piano, I don't feel like I'm being creative when I practice the piano. I don't think that I even have the skill level to be what I consider creative on the piano. Because I think that you have to play something other than what's on the page in order for it to really be considered original. I can play what's on the page I think Brandon to a T, and sure. I might be creating art, which the definition of that is a whole different <laughs> discussion. But <laughs> I don't art? but I don't think I'm being creative. I'm not doing anything original. I would have to be doing something outside of what is written in order to be creative. Okay, wait, wait. Keep Keep going with your process because I'm going to address this because I think you sell yourself short. But keep going with your process. Because that's a part so of it, what avoids. I think is skill. Sure. Okay. So, so like skill. I right. can fi- I can make my voice sound like a British accent. Mm-hmm. That is a skill perhaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go so ahead. and then <clears throat> the big umbrella for pretty much everything else is how does this character fit within the story? How does this character move the story along? How does he contribute to the beats of the story? When do I need to get out of the way? When okay. is it my time to be the center? When is it my time to not be the center? Okay, stop. And some of that is a matter of intuition, which is something that Which it, is creative, we, perhaps? No. I'm which is a like, sense of so something. So when you're like, okay, so you're looking at the beats. You have the script. You're mm-hmm. like, uh, here's where I shine. Here's where I get out of the mm-hmm. way. Here's where I'm important to the story. Here's where I'm the straight man. Again, what is that? Script analysis. Okay. Script analysis. Right. It's not so it's character logical. creation. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> because even when there are a couple of things, and I'll tell you one of them that I feel like destroys my argument to a particular degree, but I'll tell you at the end. <laughs> Um, well, that's why I'm trying to have you break down your process because I the, think you're going possi- to end up on my side. One of the possible things <laughs> that I that you could argue that an actor does is <laughs> I'm letting him talk too much because now he's now he's now he's trying to give me points. Is with the with the along with the other actors, you control to a certain degree the pace of a show. But okay. I would still argue that that rhythm of the show is in the script. <gasps> and it is your job. It is your okay, job to find that and get out of the way. Okay. Especially in a comedy. Perhaps create it? <laughs> no. Okay. It's already created in the script. I disagree. It's fundamentally not there. But it is. If you read, uh, if you read a comedy in particular, one of the reasons that it's hard when they change like a swear word, for example, is it disrupts the rhythm that was written by the author. Sure. I agree. Because that is already in the script. The rhythm of the, the play. rhythm of the play is in the script. Ugh, Brandon. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to jump in and then I'm going to let you finish about your process. Okay. Okay. Because I, I feel I feel like I've held back here. <laughs> I feel like I've done well. First of all, I think you sell yourself short in all things, it, like in all things in life, but specifically. In your, in your acting. I think you notoriously sell yourself short. And so I think it's hard for you to see yourself or like to even see yourself as a creative, perhaps. But as we're talking about this process, you're saying, I'm looking at the script. I'm analyzing the beats. I'm deciding what the pacing is. I'm figuring out where I got to get out of the way. I'm analyzing what the character means to the story. Like, all of that, all of those decisions that you're making 
are creative. Because even though you're saying, it's in the script, Kate. Okay, I've done comedy, <laughs> okay? And I am nothing like you. That's not true. <laughs> I can't, I would never, I could, well, maybe in another life when I've practiced and been more creative, perhaps, I, I will never see a script that way. I will never open up a script and know where the beats are. I won't. You can tell me, right? This is something like, I am not a good enough writer to write something. I am a good enough writer or reader to know when something is awesome, mm -hmm. but I'm not a good enough writer to produce something good. <laughs> okay. This is how I feel about comedic acting because comedic acting is something that drives me crazy. Everybody thinks like that. Everybody loves a comedy and they like go to comedies and they see comedic acting and they're like, wasn't that so funny? That was so good. And I often go to comedies and I'm like, yeah, it was good, but no, like no. true comedic actors are so 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 few and far between that when you find one i'm like i kind of get mad i get mad because i'm so jealous of whatever it is that you have and i would argue and i and i'm and i would argue that you in particular have that you have the creative ability to pick up a joke to pick up a beat to pick up a script to pick up a character and feel that. You're talking about it as intuition. I don't have that. <laughs> I would barrel right through the laugh. Like, I know that Liz has directed me, and I guarantee you that she has been saying, for the love of all that is holy, Kate, please stop right there. There's going to be a laugh. I would never anticipate that. Or at least I haven't done it enough. I haven't allowed myself the creative ability enough to sit and look at a script that way. I... Thank you for the many kind things that you said. You're there. welcome. But I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> um, I agree that that is a skill. I still believe that it's intuition. But this is where, again, but I want... But what is that intuition? But, when I, but this is, again, where I want to go back to creative doesn't encompass all good things. No, I agree. So when we're talking about is, to, is intuition creativity, well, they might be related, but they're not exactly the same thing. Sure. And I also agree comedy, yes, comedy is very precise. And I've seen a lot of things get ruined by looseness. Yeah. In a moment where the timing needed to be precise, the head turn needed to be precise, the whatever needed to be precise. There needed to be a moment of stillness that somebody decided that it would be funny to be goofy and floppy. <laughs> okay. Um, Yes, all of that, a lot of that has to do with intuition or experience in, in working in that particular kind of show. But, but I disagree that all of those things are what creativity is. And when you talk about it makes you angry to see those things, I think, I think that you don't give yourself enough credit for being a comedic actor. It, would, it doesn't make me angry, but I feel a great chasm between what I can do with something that's given to me and what someone can do with a blank piece of paper. And you know what? And that is why, That's to me, it, it yes, I have a tendency to cut myself off at the knees, probably in large part because I'm afraid someone else will. Okay. But I also recognize how big a difference there is between taking something that is written by someone and saying it and creating that thing. 
there is a tremendous difference to me in the level of creativity where they literally caused it to come into being. And whether I'm part of that show or not, that character exists. Yeah, it might be a slightly different flavor. It'll be sour apple instead of sour raspberry. <laughs> but that character exists. That play is going to go on whether I'm in it or not. And I, I think that for me, because of what I view as one of the cardinal sins Liz and I have talked about, um, that to me ego and related things are a cardinal sin. Um, I try to be very aware of what I actually bring to something. And I remember, I have, have a very stark memory of going to see a show that I wasn't allowed to audition for because of parental reasons <clears throat> or Brandon behavior reasons that resulted in parental reasons. <laughs> and it was just, oh, this happened without me. And would I have brought something new, original, that was just me to that production? Yeah, probably. Well, yes. Yeah. But, yes, of course you But would. it happened without me anyway, because all the characters were already written. All the songs were already written. And there were people who were able to go in and, and bring their own... Yes, they brought their own take, but the story happened anyway, and it was the same story whether I was in it or not. Okay. <clears throat> it's not, though. So <laughs> you're wrong. Um, I don't know if you've heard, uh, but the new Taylor Swift Red Album came out. <laughs> I don't I've know. heard. Oh, have you? Okay. Well, yeah. um, I saw an interview where not – it wasn't really an interview. It was like a little red carpet thing where um, an interviewer was like, Taylor, Taylor was all too well written by Jake Gyllenhaal. And she said, you know what? All of those people out there have listened to the song. Millions of people have listened to the song. Millions of people have had a breakup. Millions of people have gone through something. She's like, the song doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to all of these people. And I was like, oh my goodness I was like oh okay I love that okay she was like it's it's everyone's it doesn't belong to a certain person and I think and I'm not a writer so maybe Liz can chime in here but I think a writer perhaps of a script um creates character and um they have it in their mind of course they write the words I bet they know exactly what that person looks like um I, my mom's a writer she writes novels she sometimes bases them on people right little idiosyncrasies she has that character once you create the art once you create the book the script the whatever it now belongs to everybody else who's going to pick up the script and create the character. A book belongs to everybody who's going to pick up that book and imagine that the heroine has brown hair instead of blonde, even though it says blonde, because they have brown hair and they want to relate to that heroine. It doesn't belong. They have created a character. Absolutely. But an actor, once, that, once, once the playwright has written the character, it now belongs to me. And it belongs to the audience and it belongs to everybody else who's going to put their own interpretation, who wants to see someone as a villain, who wants to see someone as a heroine, who has who has had an experience like the villain and is like, why does everybody hate this person? 
it belongs to everybody's interpretation. And I believe that as an actor, the playwright gives you the script with a character that they absolutely created, but what they gave you were words. And now I pick up the script and I have the opportunity, yes, given an insane amount of structure, I now get the opportunity to round out, to create, and to gift a character, a version of that character. Now, it could be, it could be sour, ap- sour apple in sort of, was it sour raspberry? Yeah, something okay. sour. Well, something sour because I love sour candy, but <laughs> it could be sour raspberry instead of sour apple. But like, <laughs> again, I would argue that even in the difference between sour apple and sour raspberry, there is an intense amount of creativity. Because, because you are given, like, there have been moments, and this is why I'm really interested in discussing process, because there have been moments in a process of creating a character, right? (laughs) Creating a character for me, where I have, because I don't consider myself, I don't consider myself a creative. If we're talking about actors that, I, I would argue that that is something that I'm like working on. I don't consider myself creative, but there have been those like glimmers of something mm-hmm. where I catch something in a line in a motion that I was like, oh, that's good. Like right. it's good. And I create that motion. And in that moment, I feel a large amount of creativity in a small task mm-hmm. because now I've created a character and it's, and it is good. And my argument is not that those moments don't exist. My argument is that what was important for the story is that, it was a sour flavor that you might have flexibility to say what kind of sour it was, but sure. what was important for the story was that it was sour. You know, going back to the um, Taylor Swift thing. Um, can we please, can this now be a Taylor Swift yeah, podcast? Taylor Swift. <laughs> I wouldn't be a millennial if Free I didn't hear in. <laughs> um, the people that she's talking about, because she's not talking about people covering her songs are the audience. So to me, that is a really big difference between those two things. Not that that isn't applicable in any way, sure. but that it's a very big difference. Okay. But it's related to what we're talking about because I think what an actor's job is, and here I'm going to say what the thing is that I don't think there's a response to. This is the thing that I genuinely think the actors create is a connection between the script and the audience. That is the thing that the actors have to create. And isn't that beautiful? Is the connection. Yes. But – I think that there are actors who have a process that, I'm sorry, Liz, I'm just going to, is pretty masturbatory. And their focus is not on creating a connection between the words or the story and the audience. It's on themselves. I completely agree. And so, and I think that sometimes that comes down to a desire to be creative as an actor. And I think, again, tuna fish and peanut butter, it's not your job. Right. Creative isn't always good. And the again, worst improv, again, the worst improv is more creative than the best acting. That doesn't mean that it's good. Okay. But here's the thing. I'm not arguing that um, creative acting should be about me and what I can create, but really about, right? Like that's the process. 
Mm-hmm. Creating the connection. Cre- create a connection. Great. Right. In, in, a, in a way, I think of it a little bit like, um, and we had mentioned in our text conversation um, about photography and what creative photography is and so on. Um, but as part of that, I was thinking about, um, and I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, I may have, uh, the difference between being a, a quote-unquote creative photographer and being a nature photographer. Um Hold on. Why are those mutually exclusive? They're not mutually exclusive, but you're in any given moment probably only doing one or the other. Why? You can't be a creative nature photographer? Well, the reason that I say that is that your job, I say as a non-photographer, your job when you're trying to um, take pictures of nature is to capture what's there. And I would say you're... To get out of the way. <laughs> they they lay on their bellies for hours and hours and hours on end to catch a trout jumping out of the water that okay. was jumping out of the water anyway. So you're not talking about like people who take pictures of nature. You're talking about like people who are hired to they are, they are take a picture of a rare bird. They are take pictures <laughs> of nature in, you know, like a documentary filmmaker documenting something okay. from afar. Okay. I'm not talking about like, oh, this is a pretty tree click. Um, I'm talking about people who are trying to capture something. And to me, that's a lot more of what acting feels like. And when I when I watch good acting, I feel like good acting will never distract you from what's being said in that moment. Yeah, I agree. And I think that a lot of acting does. Um and again, I feel like a lot of that is just like taking nature photography is to get out of the way, to be out of the way of the words, to not put in your funny hiccupy voice or whatever, your improvs or funny mannerisms in a moment when exposition is important. And it, it's very much like that, that, that it's almost more your job to know when to not be noticeable. Sure. That's part than to of be noticeable. That. I think... It, the same, I, I guess, and I, I, I th- I'm fine with the analogy of the nature photographer. I, I'm fine with that because I think we we so often, like, there's so much that goes into that, right? There's an insane amount of technical knowledge, of scientific knowledge. Right. There's a great of, deal of skill that of goes work. into doing that. That's what I'm saying. Sure. But then there is also so much room for... Um, creating something but it's smaller than an image but it's smaller than someone who creates a set and then films a set that they've created and that to me is kind of the difference where where somebody who has created the story they're creating everything so to me there's just there's no comparison and that's again where I don't it's not that I think the actors aren't creative it's to, to me there's just no comparison when you're talking about um, directors, costumers, um, what's the other one? <laughs> choreographers. <laughs> um, where again, even among those, um, it's a good thing I don't do musicals because I'm going to say that um, probably just gut gut instinct is that music directors of those have probably the least creative job because their job is to teach and make sure the music is is done well as written. And that well, doesn't mean that they're not skilled or any of those other sure, things. It's just, not. it's a different thing. I think it's everybody is creating the thing that comes out the other end. 
Mm-hmm. And I think at any given time, <laughs> someone can really mess it up, right? And often, I see again, I don't think I'm talented enough. Sometimes I'll go and see a production that is really not good, and I will ask myself, why was this not good? Mm-hmm. Was it the talent? Was it the directing? Was it... And I have a really hard time <laughs> putting my finger on what it was often. Sometimes it's yeah. pretty obvious, but often I will have a really hard time putting my finger on what was the thing that didn't make this a good piece of art, a good creation. And so I guess that to me, it's that synergistic, we're all creating something that is unique, that is our version, that is our something that we're all going to bring our flavor to, no matter what our job is in that production process. Right. And when I am in a show, part of the reason that I like being in shows, well, do I like being in shows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, can this now just be a therapy (laughs) sessions with kate and brandon because mostly it'll just be me yelling at brandon (laughs) keeps going back to theater because it's the abusive girlfriend that he doesn't know who else to go to um part of the reason that i like doing theater is that i like being part of that creative process i like being around people who are creative um, <laughs> Did you see? Do you see Liz? Now I'm going to look at it. Do you see how he leaves himself out of the process every time? But I try to be aware. I try to be self-aware just generally. Um, but I also try to be aware of my part within it. And and I do think any actor who treats a production staff poorly, um, unless there's a really genuine reason, um, it's probably because they're overestimating themselves and underestimating what that person brings to the production. Sure. But that can happen with a director. That can happen with anyone who estimates, who overestimates their ability and what they bring to the process. But I would also argue, and this is just a gut reaction in response to what you said about not knowing. I feel like if you don't know what was wrong with the production, it was probably the director. Because if you can't identify that it's acting or singing, for example, then I think it was probably something to do with direction. Because if because I think it's the director's job to to make sure that everything is clear. And if it feels muddy, if it's very clear that the acting was bad, then either the acting and the direction were super bad or the directing was good enough and the okay. acting was bad. Well, maybe... Oh, I'm sorry. I just have to throw out there that like... The director's job involves casting the actors and training them. Yeah. If the actor's bad, the director has failed. Yeah? Sure, sure. Uh, but maybe I don't mean like a production that is bad. Maybe I mean what would have made that production better? Like, mm-hmm. could you have directed this yeah. better? Well, this is this is going to be completely maybe not <laughs> off topic. So maybe the episode ends here. But, um, I When I... I remember one specific time, I think about this time a lot, when I was in an acting class in college, one of the, we were doing scene work, and one of the pr- people in the class, we were doing, re- he was doing Reasons to be Pretty, I don't know if you read the script, and... Um, Brandon is a hack, he only reads the script, so plays the people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, uh, there's a line in the play, um, he's, he meets his ex uh, in... A restaurant. They're mm. both like waiting. Anyway, so they like run into each other and they get into this conversation. 
there's this line where uh, the line is something like, it's right out there next to the guy with the vanity plates because she's dating this guy that has vanity license plates or mm-hmm. something. So he's supposed to give her some sort of like jab. Anyway, um, the the acting teach the professor who I think is second to none was trying to get this actor to do it in a very specific way. And everybody in the room knew exactly how she wanted him to say this line. Mm -hmm. And everybody knew, and we were all, but he like kept, he just wasn't saying it the way, like we all could feel it. Mm -hmm. And finally he stopped, he looked at the director and he was like, I am so sorry. I know exactly what you want from me. I see it. I hear it in my head, but I'm so bound by my own skill, by my own like ability to make that tone, to Mm. make those movement. He's like, I can't do it. And it was one of those moments that I was like, that is so interesting to me because that is right. Those that is if you feel so bound by something. I mean, the whole thing was not. I don't think my acting process, right? She was trying to get him to say it a very specific way, but she was trying to coach him, right? She was trying to coach him and she was bound by someone who could not do Mm -hmm. what she wanted, you know? And so then it begins again, then it becomes. Directors are responsible for, for who they cast, but they're also at the mercy of who shows up. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So it's like everyone's part of that creative process. Everybody contributes to it in some way. And you are part of that team. You're part of that creating team. And you cast people. I'm sure Liz can attest to this. You cast people for any number of reasons for what they'll bring to that creative process, I think. And I think that skill is maybe one of them. <laughs> but maybe of the myriad of things. Maybe they help other people cre- be creative, um, yeah. even if they're not as creative themselves. You know, maybe they are a very unselfish actor. Anyway, we're kind of getting off topic, but my point is everybody contributes to that creative process and you notice. Can I share um, the first show that I did with Liz was, um, oh, the hot Southern one written by that person. (laughs) That's the description for all of his stuff. Did you read that script? (laughs) (laughs) So I was um, in Streetcar Named Desire that Liz directed. Um, It was... Shortly after I had dated someone who, and no, I had not read the script before I auditioned. It was the only time that's ever happened. But when I read it, I was reminded, Blanche reminded me so much of someone that I had just recently dated Mm -hmm. who had hurt me in such similar ways Mm -hmm. that it was everything I could do to even make it through a couple of scenes. Sure. Um, because I was playing the character that Blanche hurt. That gave me all sorts of ideas and feelings about how I should act in any given moment. And I felt like in that show, a lot of my job was to suppress that because it didn't tell the story. And the reactions that I wanted to have in certain moments didn't fit the story, at least not in that moment. And I almost felt like in those moments, it was my job to not be creative, to not bring my own past into it. And so the process that a lot of people talk about, like, well, you have to think about your exes or dead puppies or whatever. Um, Whoa. <laughs> all of those things, I, I don't agree that it is ever an actor's job 
to lose control of their performance. Absolutely. And sometimes I think that means to be the opposite of creative, to hold back when you have any number of ideas of what you could do in a particular moment. Oh, um, but see, the instinct um, to hold back is intuition. To create, and maybe it's not about creating your character. Maybe it's about the piece at large, perhaps. I think you're stretching the definition. Of I don't think I am. <laughs> I think you're literally creating a show. You're creating a story for people, and you maybe you have such an aversion to actors who aren't willing to be part of that process um, because it's selfish. Because it's selfish. But inherently, if you're focused on creating a story for the audience, connecting the audience, creating that connection between the audience and the script, then you're going to hold back. And that doesn't mean – I don't know. I don't see creative as center of attention. I don't see it as selfish. I certainly – right? The creative of a story – creation of a story, creation of a product – can be about creatively pulling yourself from that. So you're creating an absence of something. Yes! You're causing an absence to come into being. Absolutely. I think that's twisting it pretty hard. <laughs> and I think that's it. Well, I think, I think, I think a lot of it, um, and this is where I just – I think that we agree that you can be creative as an actor. Absolutely. The degree to which you have freedom to be creative, we obviously disagree. Yeah. But I think that when you consider two possible things, it's pretty easy most of the time to identify which is more creative. And to me, like in our previous conversation, can you really say that someone who's playing Juliet is being as creative in that moment as Shakespeare was when he wrote that part? And I just don't think that you can. You have a certain amount of flexibility and room for creation when you're playing a character, but it's just, it pales in comparison to the person who created that character. Interesting. Because when you create a character, quote unquote, as an actor, I think we're giving ourselves a lot of credit when we say that we created a character. I mean, here's my closing statement. I think it's dangerous to paint creativity with broad strokes. I think... The um, author creates something. I think the author draws and imitates from things that they know, from things that they have seen and, and you know, does all of those things that an actor does um, given those parameters and creates. Sure. But even among way. writers, you can see a difference between someone who's like, oh, they just gave everyone in Star Wars different names and then wrote that story or someone who came up with something that's truly original. And and one, yes, it's all hash it's all hashed together pieces of things that we've experienced in our lives, but some of them are more creative than others, even among the same activity. Just like you can be a more or less creative actor, you can be a much more or less creative writer. Right. And I think <clears throat> but that I guess that's my point. Is there is still room for creativity when you're create a lot of creativity when you act just as much as there is when you write. Yeah, and I guess that I I just feel like we that's a whole <laughs> that that's a whole different tier. <laughs> that I agree that each one of those activities has a degree of freedom for creativity, but I think 
it would be hard for me to even say that I think acting and writing overlap when it comes to creativity. Interesting. Because even the most derivative story is more creative than acting. You've, you've wow. caused a story take, to come into Brenda. being. I loved listening to these two go back and forth. I think it boils down to this. Brandon is saying that the sandbox in which an actor gets to play is bound by and smaller than the sandbox of other theater artists. Kate is saying that it doesn't matter how big the sandbox is. You can be endlessly creative inside of it. My two cents are these. I adore working with and being in company with Kate Williams and Brandon Green. So shake hands, be friends. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> we actually will really shake hands. No, Brandon and I will always be friends. You yes. can't, can't get rid of me that easily. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast and letting me eavesdrop on your really interesting conversation. Well, thanks, Liz. This was really fun. What do we talk about next? More Taylor Swift. (laughs) You can help more people find In the Telling by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Theme music by Gordon Vitas. In the Telling is hosted and produced by me, Liz Christensen. Thanks so much for listening.